Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of West Bank Robbery. This is episode 19. It's being recorded on January 21st, 2024. Today, we have a special guest, Pedro Nemron. Hi, everybody. Uh, he's going to be leading us on a pretty nice journey today through our uh, Portuguese history, something I know I'm not familiar enough with, and I'm sure you listeners are. We feel he's a little bit more Portugal in our life. We're going to find out a lot of big questions today. One, where's Portugal? Two, do they speak Portuguese? Three, we're not going to get to this one until the end, probably. It's pretty big. Well, why is it not part of Spain? A lot of my listeners are don't start about. me on that. <laughs> we hate them. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you're too close together. How could you not? Yeah, of course. You're stuck on that little peninsula together. God damn. Yeah. You guys we either marry with each other or we hate each other. It's it's. There's no. <laughs> there's nothing in between. Um, I'm I've been a big fan of Pedro for a long time. He's comment on the uh, Radio Warner uh, events you. and that kind of thing. He's done a few speaking engagements, uh, and his time is always limited. And I'm really glad that we got him today. He's decided to neglect his family for the first time in his life of being a fantastic <laughs> father and husband uh, to spend about an hour. Yeah. Okay. So, modern Portugal. Yes. Modern where Portugal. Is it? Where, where, is it? where is it? Where is it? So, Where's the Iberian Peninsula? What are they exactly. It's the Iberian Peninsula, northwards of Morocco, at the westernmost end uh, of Europe. We and neighbor neighboring Spain, um, our boo uh, <laughs> boo, <laughs> those bastards. <laughs> um, we have we have a long history uh, with the with this with Spain and with the Spanish Empire and the Portuguese Empire because they were they were the rivals. They were the England and France before England and France, kind mm -hmm. of. Cool. Um, and we spent most of our I don't know five hundred years. 600 years uh, of history just fighting mm -hmm. each other because, well, you know, it's the summer. We don't have anything better to do. So let's kick each other's butt. That was more or less uh, our idea. Portugal is in the, in the European Union. Um, what else? We have a, we used to have left-leaning government. Yeah, I was very <laughs> impressed with how left-leaning it was. <laughs> Not well, much, but good for Portugal. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. Within within the EU, um, like the within the EU, the, being left wing, it's never that much left wing, uh, or yeah, at France least as I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> not, not even close. One thing I wanted to get into today is uh, I found it interesting. You described uh, its location as north of Morocco. And that proximity to both Africa and in some ways like the New World in Brazil, I think that defines a lot of Portuguese modern history. Yeah, it does. Um, well, modern, not so much the modern, but the, the all of it. Because hmm. the Iberian Peninsula was settled by people from, the, from North Africa. Okay, the, the Iberians, the first known people with a, a named people and they are from north africa and they just go across the mediterranean because it's well it was easy yeah, that um, cool yeah. Boat. yeah. maybe they you, jumped <laughs> you get on a boat and you just land on the shore um and we had always a, a deep history and a deep connection um with um 
with the both sides of the Mediterranean. For instance, when Portugal reaches uh, Algarve, our southernmost province, mm-hmm. it's like um, there are descriptions of Morocco as southern Algarve. So oh. it's, it's like the continuation. <laughs> so we have the north and then there's the south. Of, uh, because it's it's really close and the populations are close. We are very, very similar. Okay, it's in the Mediterranean, so everybody's quite similar to each other. But we are very similar, uh, all the three neighbors. And yeah, we have a great impact. Nowadays, yeah, on this show, we kind of take a, uh, a pan-Mediterraneanist philosophy. We have a lot of pan pan blank <laughs> philosophies here but i do yeah. think there is like i think the mediterranean is coming back i think the peoples are very yes. related yeah. i think if pan arabism doesn't come back pan mediterraneanism i think could be a suitable alternative it it would and and it's making sense uh at least economically it's happening portugal and, and spain are more or less just one big economy and um with some influence with um, with or in uh, morocco and um Algeria, we buy them the gas, energy, uh, we have lots of um, trade in between the countries. So, yeah, it, it's just an approximation. That's very interesting. So, I see that you have sort of placed the beginning of Portuguese history, as you would like to describe it, like the beginning of the Portuguese hmm. modern era uh, in 1249, with the end of the Reconquista. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Uh, so, <laughs> pulling back a few centuries, the Roman Empire falls, that great Mediterranean institution, um, and we are invaded by both the Visigoths and the Suebi. The Suebi stay more to the northwestern part of the peninsula, and that's where Portugal comes from. We are the resented Swaby. Um, with, the, um, with the Moorish uh, conquest of the, the peninsula, the yes. Swaby kingdom continues more or less independent. They pay off <laughs> the, the Moorish caliphs uh, to be left alone, more or less. And then uh, when we start the reconquering uh, by the Christians, um, they are... At, at first, they are like five to seven kingdoms. We are the, the ones that remain independent. All the others fuse into each other, get conquered, mm. uh, get intermarry, and become Spain. Uh, we are the first to reach the, the south end. And the first thing we do, of course, is start, uh, or start another war with the Spanish. <laughs> we cannot win because we, we are too small. Um but we try it, and there's, then there's nothing left to do. So what do you do? Do you get uh, fat and bored in your castle, or do you start another adventure? Let's call it like this. Okay. And everybody goes to... Next? Oh, yeah, exactly. So who are, you, are we going to piss off next? I don't know. So first Morocco, Moroccan. France? Yeah, Morocco. Morocco, right. it's close. So let's start with Morocco. And we conquer Ceuta. Um, and we also start with this crazy idea that we are going to uh, <laughs> read the world of the Muslim fight because we're that delusional. <laughs> You're quite so, far from the centers. You're kind yeah. of on the edge there. I've always yeah, found that a little strange how you were the tip of the spear. I guess you're kind of close to Africa, but 
Yeah, we're close to Africa. People are still resented with the with the Muslim conquest, although more or less one Thank third to, to one quarter of the pop the population is still Muslim or population really? that was uh, Muslim and Jewish. Mm-hmm. People that lived in the caliphates and they were pretty fine with it. Um, but there's some deep resentment and again, we cannot conquer Spain, so why not uh, try try expand somewhere else? But the idea is that there is the knowledge that the after Turkey, the Muslim world continues for a little bit. So if we go around and get them in the back, we will kill them all. This is more or less the idea. The idea of getting them in the back just starts crumbling when we reach Mozambique. Because in Mozambique, when we reach it, it's already, um, they speak Arabic, they are Muslim in the north. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, we kind of start realizing that it's not going to be that simple. Although, we will try it for a century or two more. Around when do they start? Uh, how how soon after yeah, they start exploring that far around Africa? Okay, let me just check it because the, the notes, it's so it's 1249 and it's less than 200 years afterwards. Yeah, that it, it's very early. They got in, like, it seems like all this exploration business really kicked off around the same time, like 1440s, like Sierra Leone. I was. Yeah. Um, I know 1492 the, the, is not that far away, but that still seems very early. Like it is. It is. The, the Spanish. The Spanish uh, Reconquista will end in in 1492, but in 1415 we are already um, taking Ceuta, and in 1445 we are crossing uh, Mauritania, reaching uh, Sierra Leone uh, and Guinea uh, one year after. So it's it's just. It's just non-stop. We are just full steam ahead or full sail ahead. And we want to get there as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. What were the like driving factors like Portuguese colonialism and like exploration? Well, was it first wars with Spain or like what was the driving, like the impetus for all this gold and slaves? Well, first of all, it's it's the, the, the religious um, zealotism or... or fanaticism that we have and we really take it to heart the uh, the the initial documents stated plain and simple we want to um, expand christianity and we want to get rid of uh, the muslim fight this is just stated there Um, and then it's the 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 spices the gold the slaves uh, ivory everything that we can pillage because portugal is quite poor at the time um mm. we don't have the, the reconquista just destroyed the land basically south of the mondego it's one of the big rivers uh, mm-hmm. that we have things are um poorer south of the tigers they are destitute well, how they, so what, what happened during the reconquista the because economy? one of the things that we with this for instance when when lisbon is taken um it's in the year after or Two years after, the the king decides to organize a a, a raid against Evora. Uh, Evora is a city some 160 kilometers south. Okay, you cannot take that. You cannot take Evora at the time. It it would be impossible. But that doesn't stop it f- 
uh, that doesn't stop the Portuguese from raiding it. And that's what we do. We enter the city with a few horsemen and we burn and take whatever. <laughs> so we take everything that we can, what we can't, we burn it. There are lots of uh, fields, uh, agricultural and farming, uh, in the in the way of both the cities. <laughs> Um, so we burn everything that we came across. Because, they just well, used the country up while you were taking it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that was quite common, but from both sides. But well, since we won, we we ended up doing it a whole lot more often. Yeah. Um. So now Portugal's got its colonies. Okay. Yeah. Um. Actually, first of all, I wanted to ask. Um. Well, who are they selling all this gold and slaves to? Other European countries. We like at first at the time was like the big dog. Like, yeah, uh, France, Spain, um, England, but they were poor, so yeah, <laughs> we yeah. would send everything um, to the um, Flanders port, uh, Netherlands, Netherlands, Belgium. You know, yeah, that at the time was a huge uh, international uh, port. So most of the things we would before we sell it in Lisbon because Lisbon became the center of international trade for, for a while. But before that, the, since the established was in Flanders, uh, we would go to Flanders and sell everything off. The other hypothesis would be to go to Venetia. But mm -hmm. we and the Venetian, we didn't really get along, and they were uh, friendly with the Turks, so that's a huge that. major scene. The Pope frowns upon that, uh, and if the Pope frowns upon that, the Portuguese frown upon that. So we wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So we wouldn't. Oh, no, yeah. never. Uh, there's somebody I think for especially a lot of our American listeners uh, that really uh, typifies your Portuguese explorer and really the whole age. And that's Vasco da Gama. Yeah, tell us a little bit about this son of a bitch. What's his name? <laughs> well, he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's a he's a prince. Um, he's a nobleman. Uh, he has quite the um, quite a good education. Um, he studies in the in Algarve because in Algarve it's settled in Sagres, a city uh, in this in the south. Mm -hmm. um, by the first the infant Afonso Henrique, and uh, that settles a naval school and charters and astronomy, whatever you need to sail uh, in open seas. And again, using uh, the, the previously Muslim population, the, the Muslim type of sails, because we use the triangular oh. sails. Yeah, and that's really? that our like main a, advantage. Like a that's, Muslim thing? Like the tri triangular sails? Triangular. Uh, we mix them, uh, the triangular um, sails with a few um, that are square, rectangular, but we use mostly the, the, the triangular and it allows us to go against the wind. So that oh. is a massive advantage when we reach the, the Indian Ocean. And that's why we can basically kick everybody's butt there, oh, more or less. Wow. Huh. Uh, because we can, we can flee, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can flee and we can go forward against the wind, which nobody else can. Um, but that's incredible. I kind of thought yeah. they had figured that out by then. I kind of thought I, I don't really know how boats yeah. work, to be quite honest I don't, I don't understand them they're too big I don't they are too big uh, most of them are uh, they are a mix of uh, sails and uh, rowing uh, mm -hmm. I think that 
since they know the tide so well and they know the the area so well, they more or less go along the the shoreline, and they don't need uh, to develop such a um, such an independent from the wind kind of technology mm. because they don't seem to need it. Uh, the Portuguese are crazy. The, the Portuguese after, after uh, there's one battle I think it's in Calicut that the Portuguese are forced to flee. And they go to the inside of a storm, and nobody, everybody else goes. Well, <laughs> there they go. They're crazy. <laughs> They're going to die. <laughs> but no, they <laughs> come out from the other end with uh, missing one boat or two. Um, but that—that's the main thing. Uh, the, the our canyon, our cannons are good. They are. We have a, a slight range um, uh, ability, or um, not not ability. Um, advantage mm -hmm. and we have learned to use short um, short range cannons packed with uh, everything from forks to <laughs> to stones and whatever and it's amazing too because the the, um, the Indians and the um, and the Turkish and Mameluk uh, ships are lower so we can just go go near them and not bore them, but uh, go get close to them, and we fire to the top of the um, oh. of the deck. Okay, and it kills kills or mains everybody that's in the, regrettably in the deck. So those are the 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 great advantages in in kind in type of weaponry. But the main advantage is that we can go against the wind, and we can flee. Basically, it gives us a huge huge advantage. They are faster. And they can go against the wind. Interesting. So, ah, Vashta Gamma, we got lost. Yes, exactly. Thank you. We got Somebody lost. needs to keep us on track here. Thank you. So, he gets in a, in an expedition. It's sponsored by the king. They go around the Cape of Good Hope. Uh, another Portuguese uh, navigator had done it, but returned back. It didn't go as far as uh, as Mozambique. Even mm -hmm. it's just went and, well, it's possible. Let's go back and tell the king. Vastagam um, is the first one to continue. Uh, of, at this point, almost everybody is dying from um, scurvy. I think that's the name in English. Yes. The disease with lack of uh, vitamin C. Yeah, um, teeth fall out. It's gross. <laughs> hey, exactly. They yeah. start throwing up your internal organs. Oh, oh I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, there, there are some that start to... Um, Decay, basically. So mm. you start vomiting blood. You cannot eat. It's it's really fun. Yeah, it's the um, classic move with scurvy, right? Is to start vomiting blood, blood out of the mouth. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of but thought your mouth just, just died. I didn't know your whole body fucking. Your body starts just cracking up. Um, and when they reach Mozambique, and this is this first encounter is it's equal to all other encounters. So the Portuguese arrive in Mozambique. The, the king, the local king sends a, an envoy to what? You know, weird ships coming from a weird location. Who are these guys? And Mozambique uh, at the time was like an emirate, right? Yep. Yeah, in the yeah. north. In the northern part, it's an emirate. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, so you're from another mm -hmm. kingdom. You're from Europe. Okay, I don't know exactly where that is, but you seem cool. You want to go uh, on shore and have lunch and... We will talk trade. Uh, we will give you water, and you can buy um, uh, 
fruit, which is <laughs> the life savior of the Portuguese. And the Portuguese are all like, ah, yeah, okay, let's go, let's go, all fun. So these guys knew about the fruit. Um, they they sell they sell food. Okay, they oh. don't know exactly that the food has the fruit has some relation to the scurvy, but they know that they are starving. So okay. wh- why not try to sell them? So just food? their diet in general is yeah. Well, so well, let's try to give them something to eat so that they don't die off in here. Um, and the Portuguese arrive on land, and all of a sudden, there's something. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was something that clicked that they were speaking um, Arabic. And they are Muslim. The, the Portuguese realize that they are dealing with, <laughs> with Muslims. Okay, I don't know if it's a call to mass, if it's because they wash their hands before they go to eat. I don't know. But something just clicked and they said, what, what the hell? These guys are Muslims. We cannot <laughs> trade with them. <laughs> we cannot oh, yeah. trade with these guys. They are saving our lives. But no, <laughs> that's a sin. We cannot. Uh, so... Um, they start in a very confrontational manner that, uh, well, you have to submit to us. There's no trade. There's no relationship. There's no nothing. You have to submit to us or we will start uh, killing you. And the Mozambicans go like, uh, what the (laughs) (laughs) the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Fine. We're going to have lunch. (laughs) It it breaks out and uh, the Portuguese have a small fight in land. They go to their boats. They are uh, stocked at this point because there was some trade already going on, or we stole it. But they, the boats are are stocked at this point. Okay, so they got stuff. <laughs> Their boats were full. Okay, yeah. For them. And and the Portuguese just go slightly uh, to the sea and start bombing the city because we can. <laughs> this this will be the story every time we find anything in the eastern uh, African coast. It's shocking. It's really fucking <laughs> shocking. Like, <laughs> I don't... That's the thing I don't get. Like, I understand how Caesar's legions could just kill a bunch of Gauls or something. Like, yes. they're fighting. But the Portuguese are such assholes. Yes. So <laughs> consistently. To every single person they meet. And they get away with it completely. It's so yes. fucked up. Like... I like the the religious thing that kind of adds something to it. They're like, oh, these fucking, you know, infidels, like <laughs> these infidels, these fucking like Satanist hordes, um, <laughs> these like- moon god worshiping freaks. Um, like, but still, they're so rude. Yeah, there's, you know, and they will do this time and time again yeah. until they reach India. And they are completely confused about the the Hindu religion. I would be too. I still am. <laughs> they, they, they don't. They don't really understand it. The first descriptions from sailors. Uh, I have a few. It, it's hilarious. They are all like, "Oh, they worship one god. It's our god. It's a Christian god." But they have this kind of weird saint-like people. Their saints have multiple arms. Their saints have elephant heads <laughs> and tusks. And I'm like, "Okay, you're describing Shiva <laughs> and <Wow>. Brahma." <laughs> okay. Those aren't Christians, but they don't understand it. And it will take at least two or three um, travels for the Portuguese to realize that they aren't Christians, that they have nothing to do with the Christian fight. The Hindu dude is like, Yeah, we worship God. And the Portuguese are like, Yeah, yeah, you worship God. All right, all right, God. God, of course. Which one? The one God, right? (laughs) Exactly. So, can you describe? 
the world that the Portuguese are entering? Like, what was the state of it? Like, the Indian Ocean trade world. Like, what what was that like before they got there? And what kind of impacts, I presume, destabilizing effects they had? There are two massive trade routes, and the Portuguese are very savvy to understand that really soon. Uh, One goes to the Red Sea, uh, to the Mamluk uh, Egypt. That's our favorite one. The Red Sea trade is going fantastic. Yes, and we started it also... (laughs) No, we didn't start it because there were pi- there was piracy before the Portuguese arrived there, but we just got a real, really keen interest. In it. Let let's have a take on this piracy thing. This is really, really <laughs> nice for us. Then there's the the Persian Gulf uh, stream to the Turkish Empire and to the Persians, um, and then India is vastly rich, but like. I don't know for the for the Portuguese sailors that arrived there, it must have looked like I don't know like an open buffet <laughs> of free things and of gold and silver and jewels, things that don't but exist. The trade's like primarily moving west here, like from India yeah. and from China is in there. Chinese in there, uh, but uh, from the Portuguese uh, records of the things. We don't have that much information about China. The Portuguese will come in contact with the Chinese when they reach um, the Indonesian archipelago, uh, things like Malaya, modern-day Malaya, modern-day Indonesia. And that's when we, we we come in contact with the Chinese. The relationship, it's bad, but it's not as bad as uh, with the, with the, with the Muslims because the Portuguese arrive in India and their idea is like, they start realizing that they are kind of surrounded. There's no end to the Muslim world in there. It, it, mm-hmm. That's not the end, okay? Uh, so we need to have allies. And these guys, <laughs> the Hindus, uh, may, may be just what we need and what we, we can take. But the Portuguese attitude is so bad that even this doesn't go... All the way, you know, it's just, everybody just is scared, you know. The Portuguese, there are things that, there is one event, I don't remember exactly in the Indian coast where it was, but there is this uh, Muslim trader that tries to trade with the Portuguese, okay? Um, And the guy is boarded immediately, okay? Because they noticed uh, the flag or something that, ah, the guy's Muslim, let's take him. He's like, no, man, I was just, Coming across, I was trying to try and <laughs> chill people, and um, they understand that the guy is rich, so they try to ransom him. Uh, when they see that that is not that is not possible, they kill all the crew. They cut the guy, cut the cut his head, cut his hands, and just parade the the decapitated and the, the missing limbs to everybody. So everybody's afraid of the Portuguese because I would be too. we're savage. <laughs> so we just pissing on everybody's door. Just It's like a barbarian invasion, but they have exactly. spaceships. It's like if yeah. the fucking like Visigoths had a UFO. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and, and and people in the US get <laughs> get pissed off because of the probing. Try to imagine if it was the Portuguese. Yeah. Probing would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. They they cannot make a single friend on earth. They are, every encounter that's written about 
is just the most horrific, savage thing. They can't even make allies. They're like they're so criminal. Yeah. They're like the like imperial Japanese. Like they can't sort stop of. bayoneting people. They can't yeah. even make local allies. Like we we make one. There's one exception, Ethiopia, because yeah. we have this crazy idea that uh, that guy is a, a Christian kingdom. Uh, uh, yeah, they were Nestorians, like Preston yeah. John, right? Yeah, the Preston John thing. Um, they are a bit uh, offset by, well, their skin color. Um, although the Portuguese are not completely, um, not completely racist and not completely uh, unaware that there are people with uh, black skin. Okay, so we have come through Africa, but even before that, there are people and there are lots of reports of people with black skin because, well, we were part of the Muslim world for like 300 years so yeah people, it's like right there it makes some yeah, sense people like, it's you know, our dark skin people would be all over yeah. but they they are a bit surprised by that but we try to to assist them in their fight against the the egyptians and but it it goes it goes badly and they lose we lose uh we will later then be kind of frenemies with the, with the persians because at some point we realized that the, the Sunni Shiite uh, schism it's it's a big deal, and <laughs> <laughs> so at first it's just oh they're all Muslims let's kill them all then well wait a minute <laughs> those guys are also killing Muslims so <laughs> let's try not to piss them off too much mm -hmm. but too much because we will of course we will destroy almost the the king of Hormuz. Um, and on the other side, the, the the guys that were the the ancestors of the Yemenites, the mm -hmm. Tairit. Okay, I had it noted down here. Um, so do you want to go to the Red Sea piracy? I would love to. <laughs> These guys do not know legitimate business. Like, these guys couldn't run a laundromat without, like, stealing everybody's wallet. It's yes. shocking. <laughs> Tell me about piracy. Uh, and if you would like, and if you could, please, I'm curious as to what exactly, like, the military superiority is here. Because, like, they act like such assholes, but they, mm -hmm. with complete impunity. Like, it seems oh, like the range on their naval guns is just so much more. It, it, it nobody is. can touch them. Seems like the only it is, they, and, and they only die when a crowd chases them down on shore or something. Are you a Star Trek fan? Uh, yes. Okay. So try to imagine. Uh, it's not just the cannons. It's like the 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 Enterprise. We can pop up wherever we want to. Mm -hmm. That that's the kind of idea for the people that live there, because the ships are so fast and they can move so easily, that the idea for the Indians is like, okay, these guys and. They have like 12 ships, but they are here one week. And in the other week, they are, I don't know, 1,000 kilometers away that they should take one month to get there. So mm -hmm. no, these guys are, are really, really fast. What was, the, the, uh, what, what was the advancement? Was it just like the Atlantic naval technology? Was it just like a much harder place to sail? Like what, what exactly like contributed to this advantage? Ah, oh, I would love to be able to answer to you, <laughs> to you that, Basim, but uh, I, regrettably I can't. We are a, we are a uh, fisherman's nation. 
that's mm. okay the the country is like 200 kilometers wide 200 250 okay it's it's a small piece of land uh, so most of it is shoreline for us shoreline is like five kilometers from the beach but <laughs> for other countries no we are mostly shoreline mm-hmm. um and there are lots of people living from from fishing we have lots of traditions lots most of our religion is uh, is pivoted towards the the sea mm-hmm. um lots of them yeah it seems like i think this was also a little less of a thing with the british but like very much like i kind of see you guys as like the horseback archers of sailing like kind your of, lifestyle kind of, just created yeah. these like killing machines on yeah on oars and we all we always had trade uh, for instance i don't know exactly how it it's done but in the the bronze age going like <laughs> uh, hundreds mm-hmm. of years back uh, there is some sort of trading between um the iberian peninsula uh, ireland britain and um the nordic countries I don't know what kind of stops are there if we just go to Ireland or the Irish come here and we trade things that they also have from uh, Norway, let's say. Um, but there is trade in between these countries. So people are traveling, or, or at least there is some suspicion that they are traveling from one point to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, stuff has been coming out about that in yeah. recent years. It's being studied more thoroughly like very recently and like the trade up the atlantic into the mediterranean and like exactly seeing the iberian peninsula is kind of like a pivot point you can go either and, to africa or you can go to <laughs> northern europe uh it's one kind of, of, one you know, of it's a choke point things that we have we had to fish a lot and we fished a lot uh, was whales and tuna and th- those are oh. not short shoreline animals okay yeah you yeah. have to go deep into the sea to to hunt them down and to to fish them so it's <laughs> well he's hunting because they're mammals <laughs> to yeah. fishing Quite because a, they're fish. you need some yeah. skill too i mean yeah. whale hunting and and even tuna i mean when you're the tuna are huge are they're huge. absolutely huge you really need you know some skill to uh, be able to control that yeah, yeah. i think you also got to be a little bit of an asshole to like shoot a whale with an explosive harpoon. <laughs> yeah. so maybe that contributed to the manners. <laughs> yeah, hearing the whale scream and thinking, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Something like that. And funny enough, the tuna fishing, its it was much more common. Even when I was a kid, it was much more common in the south, in the Algarve. Hmm. That's the area where Everybody, everybody know, but I would love to go to Lisbon. I uh, I just recently played a board game called Lisboa uh, okay. about the uh, Lisbon earthquake of the 1700s. Oh, we will uh, get you there. said it's still very serious, Dylan. I know we will get to yeah. there. Um, so let's go back to the Red Sea trade. What the who okay. the fuck were they stealing from, and why? They're um, mad. What everybody, <laughs> mostly from the what's their name, the Tarits. Um, and from Mamluk, um, Egypt. This is the, the main trade, but everybody that is there, um, the Portuguese just pillage. We take uh, Socotra Island and um, Camaran Island. It's K-A-M-A-R-A-N. Interesting. It's an island at uh, the entrance of the Red Sea. And... We I think the that, Saudis just recently occupied Socotra, didn't they? They kind of uh, uh, the, no, that's the UAE. That's no, the, exactly UAE. Sorry, 
that's a very uh, good island to have if you yeah. were in like a board game that's like the fucking island. It's like right there. Yeah, because it blocks the trade. Yeah. You know? Or uh or like a tabletop RPG because it has those uh d- dragon trees or whatever. That's got to yeah. be some powerful crafting yeah. item. Uh, uh the gates of despair. Um so okay, they they've taken this territory in the Red Sea. What do they do? Are they just straight up stealing just at first, like, just yeah. stealing. There, there's uh, one of, the, I don't think it's the one with the first game, but it's the second or the third voyage that we make to India. There is a, a ship that gets lost from from the, the remaining of the fleet. And the guy just decides to stay there at the entrance of the Red Sea, between the Red Sea and the, um, um, the other islands. Komodo. Uh, uh, the other islands. The, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I will get there, but uh, and he says they're just being um, a pirate. When the when the next um, when the next Portuguese expedition arrives, um, the guy is just there and he's filthy rich because he's just well, just robbing everybody. Then the Portuguese decide that um, that is too Muslim, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, the usual stuff, you know? Yeah. There are too, too many Muslims in here. Um, and we decide that we need to do something about it. So we are going to... Uh, it's the Seychelles and Maldives. Okay, found it. No, no, not the Seychelles. That's my yeah, favorite the, socialist republic. It's like top <laughs> five. They, they're just going around this area to... Because, well, it's easier to hide your ships and then just pissing off everybody. Mm-hmm. So we decide that we have to do something about it. We need to attack Egypt from the rear. We need to attack the Yemenites. We need to get to Ethiopia. And we decide that the best way with one of our best generals or admirals, Fons uh, de Albuquerque, although the guy is really good, uh, is Portuguese, so <laughs> there will be some really, really outwardly improvisation because that's kind of our <laughs> our thing. And he decides that he wants to take Adam, the the port city of Adam. And the Portuguese have a really scarce knowledge of the city. They know that it's an harbor, it's surrounded by mountains, and that the main water uh, resource is in one of the mountains outside of the of the city. So, uh, we have to take the water before uh, trying to siege the city because then it will be easy. We fail. So, what do you do? Do you set, do you go back and try to get a good plan or try to get more people or try to get, no. No, 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 no. We have to attack. <laughs> so, yeah, we, very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, pretty aggressive. And what so, are the numbers we, here? Is this like another one of those like sixty people versus like forty thousand? Like, uh, like I are we there have, yet? I don't, I don't have that kind of no. But it's somewhere in the hundreds on okay. the Portuguese side, and a few thousand on the on the on the Adam side. Mm-hmm. That's not the Portuguese decide to climb the the walls. There's a first group. Uh, that is able to climb the walls and get there, but the walls collapse. The the walls, no, the Whoa. the ladders collapse. So they are isolated there. And <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> what we do? We start bombarding the walls awesome. to try to make a hole. 
Okay. <laughs> we make a hole. <laughs> the funny part is, he's <laughs> getting. We make a hole, and uh, Alfonso Albuquerque tells to one of his captains, "Just go inside the hole and tear this fucking city. <laughs> just burn it all. Just kill them all. Do whatever." And the yeah, guy yeah. goes, "No," and he's like, "Sorry, what do you mean?" Well, the other guy that's in the wall. If I go in the city, I will take the city. But all the honor and all the, the history books will record that the other guy that's in the wall is the first one. So all the glory will go to him. I will get nothing. So I won't go. Oh my <laughs> There's God. a major fight. <laughs> they don't go. They breach the fucking wall. There's a big hole. They can put the army inside. But they don't go because, you know, the other guy will get all the glory. <laughs> And not the guys that go through the wall. I really like the hole. Like I'm imagining them <laughs> arguing in front of like a big round hole. <laughs> and the Yemenites on the other side, like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> take advantage that they're distracted and board it. <laughs> Try to board it. You know, and, and they they go back because they have no water. And they make another really smart decision. They go inside the Red Sea without almost any water at this point. They have really mm -hmm. scarce resources and they packed up all explosives and weapons. So the boats have some limited ability and they try to reach um, Egypt. They can't because it's too hot and they will die. But, <laughs> <laughs> of course, but in the meantime, uh, and, and the waters, the winds are not that uh, good. So it's it's a slow voyage. But in the meantime, there are lots of boats going across. So what do we do? We pillage them all. <laughs> you <know? laughs> if you're going to Egypt, uh, I don't care. <laughs> we kill you. <laughs> wow, you're coming dude. from Egypt, we don't care. We kill you. And this is the thing. Uh, and they do it and they turn around and go back to, to India. They will try later on. They will once again fail to... Um, take the water, but this, this, this time it won't be a full slope. Kerk is already uh, being summoned to, to Portugal or something like that, but he's not in India. Um, and it, it will fail again and again. Uh, we will never take it, but we remain with these two, with these two islands and we basically fuck up the, the Mamluk trade. And it's, it's one of the reasons. We're a very pro Mamluk podcast. I, I like <laughs> them a lot. They're cool. Sorry, they're, they they're rude. They're either like <laughs> frat boys. They ran the yeah. place for like thirteen hundred years. Like, you know, they did pretty well for themselves. Very annoying with the Portuguese. But then we arrived, you know, and it was <laughs> it really it wasn't fucked it a whole up. Yeah, the whole place was doing pretty good, from what I understand. Exactly. Everybody was getting along with everybody. Well, there was the occasional war, but not nothing that big. Uh, there's lots of trade. Everybody is getting filthy rich. And then we arrive. And then we continue. And we continue up until Japan. All right. So let's, uh, let's fast forward. Um, listeners, if you want to know more about this era, uh, let's bring Pedro on again. And send me a okay. about it. Um, Let's go on ahead. What what is what is the next stop uh, in the Portuguese journey? The next stop, there will be two stops. Uh, one is very quick because it's very um, tragic for us. It's Good. in uh, in 1581. Portugal and Spain become one kingdom. Okay, what? We, it happens. It happens. 
Ah! This is crazy. I, I genuinely did not know. I was so excited. I was so excited to find out yeah, why we, they it's, had never it's, it's, become it's one country. It's a short country. thing. It's only for 60 years. We oh, lose our... Yeah. We lose the king. Um, our king, which is uh, like a 16-year-old idiot <laughs> that wants to be a knight. And he dreams of being a knight and uh, getting the... He will personally be the bringer of the end of times <laughs> to, <Yes. laughs> to, to the Muslims. So he goes to um, Al-Qasr Kibir, uh, city in Oh, this is the Battle yeah. of the Three Kings. This is when the they Battle kill of the, three kings. the whole yeah. country commits suicide. This is incredible. Please yeah. tell us more. So we lose the battle and we lose the king in the battle because he's dumb. <laughs> and he's not that good of a, a, a fighter, although he thinks he is, like all 16-year-old. And, and today, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so well, the whole country is like, so what now? And Flip, uh, which has a claim because we uh, we married a lot with Castile, with Leon, with uh, with Asturias, all kingdoms that would be then absorbed into Spain. And and he has a claim, and he says, "Well, I can be your king, and we can all get along and unite the biggest empires the world have ever seen." And it's true. Okay, and the Portuguese it nobility. Sense. It makes it sense. Makes, They're right sense. there. They're right next to each other. It makes sense. Um, and so the Portuguese... this battle did result in the deaths of like the entire nobility, right? Like, yes. At least the top yes. like they, three, they are, four they're... layers of all claims in the country. Like three, four hundred yeah. noblemen died. And they... Yeah. They they make a. I don't know the, much the details. I, I, as I told you, I'm more knowledgeable of the earlier. Don't worry, we're getting to the modern age. I just love this. Yeah, to the modern age. I love a but line of guys. They have like a, a, a stupid charge against the against the Moors, and they are, uh, I think they are, uh, the, the Moors do um, the usual light cavalry move, uh, fake retreat, and then envelop them and kill them all. Uh, so the whole the, the the main nobility just dies off. Um, there is one guy that has a claim still in Portugal and he goes to England mm -hmm. because the English are thinking like five or six steps ahead and this is one of the greatest empires in the world so it kind of could be convenient to us to it's assist good them. Bet. Yeah. yeah, and they hate the Spanish so uh, it's a win-win um, and Flip becomes Flip the first of Portugal the nobility it doesn't piss them off too much the common folk People travel. If there isn't a river that is slightly harder to cross, people travel in between Portugal and Spain all the time. It's it's just okay. Although we we hate each other, <laughs> people in the border don't hate each other that much. Yeah, they yeah, prefer okay. to just yeah. They will go trade figs and wine. Do a little and business, stuff like that. exactly. Make a little money. Exactly. Find it, maybe yeah. find a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, oh, there are lots of mixed marriages in the borders. Okay, it's just it's common. It's it's really common to have family on both sides of the border. It's 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 that. It, that's that's our reality. Uh, but if you I come like to that. Lisbon, it's a mixed marriage. Yeah. Like yeah, it's mixed as mixed as an Iberian marriage can be, but. Yeah. I know. I, look, I'm sorry. I have like a prejudice. Like I know you guys are always saying, "No, we're different countries." And yeah. we speak a different language. And I don't really believe you. So Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> and I speak Spanish. 
I do speak both languages. Oh wow! Um, and I have I have some contact with people. You're from... like Tito. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to make a claim for both crowns. Oh, <laughs> big crown. Uh, the king, the king of the Iberian Peninsula. But it's until I don't know. Until we open our mouths and we start talking, um, and if you know the languages, you will know the difference. Um, you cannot say that that person is Portuguese or Spanish. The, we look the same, we act the same, our food is very similar, our drinks are very similar. The only thing, and this I am deeply nationalistic with, our coffee is much, much better than the Spanish one. <laughs> they don't so know how funny. to do it, sorry. <laughs> but it, it's just a sad reality. That's awesome. That's a great <laughs> thing to be nationalistic about, considering yes. how far away you are from where coffee was developed. Oh, man. It's, On the it's other just... side of the world. It's <laughs> so funny. From what I'm understanding from this, from this conversation is that they got to those places first. Yeah, yeah, they probably yeah, got so, a yeah. good shit. You were like yeah. the Miami of coffee. Like you got like the pure, yeah. like uncut shit. Just for uh, you to have an idea, a couple of years ago, I, I went to um, to a Spanish town, um, uh, Merida, and to Badajoz. Um, and I went with my wife. And she's much of, she's much more a, a coffee admirer than, than myself. I will basically drink almost anywhere. <laughs> and at one point, she was just like, well, get me across the border, please. I need a decent coffee. <laughs> because in here, it sucks. That's very good. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the kind of... Uh, <laughs> that's what we think of the Spanish. So, they're nice and all, but they, yeah, their coffee sucks. <laughs> I believe you. I, I completely believe you. Um, so, you're t so, this king that goes to uh, England, okay? Uh, is this the start of like the Portuguese like Anglophilia is this the start of that special relationship? No, that's before. That's that's Can before. That's uh with the King John the first the first. Mm -hmm. And because we have a first succession crisis, the the first king um he runs out of legitimate heirs. Um and then there is a crisis because the the wife of the king that died is uh, Castilian or Leonese, so she's pro-Spanish, and she wants the Iberian Union or some sort of... But there is a, um, a king that is Ron de Vich, uh, he's a bastard, he's in a military order, the Vich order, and he, there's, a, there's a massive civil war uh, with the Spanish uh, assisting the uh, Dona Teresa, I believe that's her name, um, but uh, João wins, and um, we have like one big battle, uh, Alzbarrota, where there's a contingent of like 100 or 200 English archers that assist us, and that's the beginning of our friendship. Then there will be marriages in between the Portuguese nobility and a few duchesses. British Dutch. And this gets invoked all the way up to like World War II, doesn't it? No, like, to today, man. To, really? to today. People are like, oh, no, no. The British are our friends. And I'm like, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? They just exploited us. The they only people, people on Earth. The they they ruined our, <laughs> our country. And they're like, no, no, no. They're our friends. They're our friends and allies. And I'm like, no. <laughs> really? I, I kind of thought you guys got a pretty good deal out of it. 
you know. Uh, but it's good to know that the British also ruined Portugal. Oh, I the, thought the, maybe they had one success story, but no, 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 also no, fucked no, that no, one no. up. Nope, nope. Portugal, when when we reach the 20th century, we're a really poor and destitute country. Although okay, we are so, still an empire. If you don't mind, we can skip past the Asian expansions. I think that's a whole other topic that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and fr- frankly, I don't know much, that much about Southeast Asia. I don't have too much experience, but can we go a little bit further up and t- talk to me about the? Uh, we don't have to spend too long on this. I want to get modern history, but like, uh, how does the impact of the co- uh, American colonies impact Portuguese society? Like the we uh, one we have Brazil, Brazil, okay. Brazil, at first, the Portuguese arrive there, and it's like, there's no gold, there's no slaves, there are these no... poor bastards. Yeah, there are no spices. They must have been miserable. Yeah, you know, they're just these poor Indians, so let's kill them, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they are here, we arrived, so let's kill them. <laughs> and mostly the trade is about um, wood and timber. Okay, so that's that's the main focus of the Portuguese uh, colonization. But Brazil will will become like central to the Portuguese Empire because it will there there will be gold there. Uh, okay, we will find gold there, and uh, it it becomes the the place that we actually really settle. Okay, the port the the, the population of Brazil is like. 70 times, so seven zero times more than the one in Portugal, something like that. They are like 200 or 300 million, we are like 10 million. Yeah, and, and like, from what I understand, Brazilians, like, I don't know, like a pretty significant proportion of them are like primarily Portuguese descended. Yes, yes, like, most it of really them is like, there's way more like Portuguese people in Brazil now yes, than there are but by by a huge margin yeah you know it's it's just most people go there because they can they there's the 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 nobility laws aren't that strict so people can have their own land people can try to get rich you know well wow. while in portugal they will always be this kind of uh, feudal servants up until later in the until the French Revolution. And the, I just started the reading um, Black Jacobins by C.L.R. James. It's about the Haitian Revolution and like Haiti in general and stuff. It's written in the 30s. Very good book, actually. He has a great line for, about World War One, where he's like, that was the biggest group of like white colonizer nations killing each other that we've ever seen. But we may <laughs> see it again very soon. And he wrote this in 1936. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, the type of people he describes going to these colonies and like being like the uh tip of the spear of like these uh business ventures let's say yep. um are he said they were uh, men of all crimes well <laughs> it's mixed it's not like australia that we sent all the criminals there um we use most of the criminals at least at first to the to the the sea uh, faring and to the sea exploration because it was like 50-50. You could come back with a few bags of spices and you would be filthy rich for the entire of, for the rest of your life or you could die. Yeah, that's uh, what's shocking to me. Like, I, I did a couple, I did a little bit of research, your listeners, um, <laughs> for this. Uh, and like the first voyage, they come back with like 
like fucking nothing, like like a like a five gallon bucket worth of pepper, yep. and it paid for the entire voyage like fifteen times over. Yep. It was like the most single successful business venture that Europe had ever seen. It's shocking. And then when they come back with a full boat, it's shocking. The amount of money that just flows into Portugal uh, is incredible. And just, you know, it invents capitalism. Like the Dutch have to invent fucking accounting to the moon just to even like handle the, uh, the, the fucking. The, the, yeah, to, the to handle all the, all the money. Yeah, it, it's, it's really, really, really huge. Uh, and it's really important for us. Uh, what was different from. What was different? What was the difference between Brazil and like the African and the Asian conquests and colonies? Um, did it have a different impact on like Portuguese society, political economy? Well, why did there so? Why did so many Portuguese go to Brazil and not to yeah to so the other yeah. colonies? Because there was no um, there was no real plan to colonize the rest. Mm. Okay, the the only plan to to make a colony to make a settlers colony is in Brazil. The rest, we have these uh, trade outposts, um, and people stay there uh, to have trade with the with the African kingdoms, the many African kingdoms that we encounter. Um, the other ones in India, same thing. We have a few. Um, it's not even cities; they are mostly trade outposts with a fortress, because well, we pissed everybody off, so we need a fortress to conduct trade, and. But it's just like a few hundred people. It's not like settling people uh, in the thousands and then millions. Mm -hmm. um, so people went to Brazil. And people up until the, I don't know, up until the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, 50s, 60s, people would migrate to Brazil just to, to try to have a, a better life. Now it's, it's reversed. Okay, we have lots of Brazilian migrants. But it's like... Are they migrants <laughs> or are they just <laughs> Portuguese returning home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, for the far right, they are migrants and they are filthy migrants. And that's so whatever. funny. They look just like you, like most of them. <sighs> you know? Don't don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because then the far right is financed by the evangelical no, Brazilian yeah. churches. We do not so. have yeah. time for modern Portuguese <laughs> politics today. It's, it's, it's too it's, good. I mean, that's its own episode. <laughs> um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. Let's go to okay. um, let's go to the let's get a little bit more modern. Tell me about the 1700s and the precipitous decline of the Portuguese. Okay, so the 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 first thing that's during the Iberian Union, we lose the Indonesian archipelagos to to the um, to the Dutch because we inherit all of the Spanish wars. Mm -hmm. So the Dutch decide that there's a weak spot. There's a weak spot. We'll go there, and they are successful. They also tried to do the same thing in Brazil, and that's another factor for the colonization of Brazil, because you need soldiers there to fight the Dutch, oh. and we won, uh, doing <laughs> well, uh, pike and shoot in the middle of the Amazon yes! jungle. That's so fucking <laughs> sick! Let's go! <laughs> I <What>? have no, <laughs> sorry. I have no idea how that is possible, but it was. That's so <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah, but there are like entire regiments of people with pikes and alberts and and muskets, and they are firing at each other in the middle of the in the middle of the Amazon jungle. I, and one in ten of these guns must have shot. It must have been terrible. They must yes. have mainly stabbed each other. Like I, it was so quite damn. likely. I can't imagine. <laughs> like one out of every ten cannons, like made. Try, it there. try to imagine holding like a, a two a two meter long pike. 
while f- completely feverish from malaria or whatever it was that you caught. I do <laughs> that every be- day. That's my <laughs> dream. That is my ideal state of being. You know, or just because you just uh, touch the plant that you shouldn't and <laughs> you're making an allergic reaction. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it must have been fun, fun, fun <laughs> all day long. I'll see um, if I can find some art. Maybe we'll make that the episode picture. Yeah, it's just that that's but there are there are lots of battles in the in northern Brazil um against the the Dutch. So oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, okay. That, that's the first, then the British start uh, having much more influence in India than than us. Um they are pricks, but they they learn at least at first not to be so pricky, <laughs> so much pricks than like us. Um, I, that makes a lot of sense that the British would be the more reasonable option compared to how you guys were fucking at this after. point. Who wouldn't be? Even the Japanese would be. I know. <laughs> I, it's shot, you're making the British look good. It's terrible. Yes, that that's that's the thing that I'm more ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then uh, we are under a bit of um, British supervision on the military side. Okay. Start having uh, their. Oh, right, here. Let me. Small... Let me. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So it seems like the British are getting heavily involved here. Um, lead us to the story. Let's get. Let's get to the modern era. How, okay. how do we get from the height of Portuguese domination to Che Guevara kicking their ass <laughs> in jungle? Tell me che about Guevara it. in Angola and Mozambique. Yes. Uh, so in 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 five minutes. So after the the um, the splitting up of the of the crowns of Portuguese and Spanish crowns, uh, it's done by a war. It's and we have the assistance with the, of the British. Um, the British start supervising our army because they want to have control. They start making their own small settlements, colonies, and we have two, um, one near Lisbon, and one um, now oh. it's inside the city of Porto. Um, there are two Cascais. It's a city near uh, Lisbon, uh, slightly to the west, and it's it was for quite a long time mostly British-owned, and they have still their colony. They're separated, uh, kind of thing there, and in in Porto, they have also um, an area a district that it's mostly um, British. There's even a beach that is called the British Beach. Really? Wow, yeah. I, I didn't know it was that extensive. Like, I, I knew about Gibraltar, but I didn't yeah. know that they had uh, also, they literally they colonized Iron. They, they don't, yeah, they, 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 make to, they make us a, a protectorate. Okay, and we are the empire that is protected <laughs> by the, the bigger British empire. It's, that it's, makes so much sense. That they, I look at the map, I'm like, this map is so fucked up. Why aren't these people the same country? The British. That's the obvious yeah. answer. I don't know why. Why, why didn't it. they invade our colonies? Because they didn't have to. <laughs> they, they they invaded in the mainland, sort of. They control us financially and military. So, what else can we do? Yeah. Um. So then there's Brazil. We start losing India. We lose Indonesia, and then in 1775 we have this massive earthquake. It's a, a combo. It's a get three, pay one, get three. So it's a, an earthquake, it's a tsunami, and it's a fire afterwards. And it destroys like 90% of the city. So all of the, and most of the trade, 
that's coming that is coming from the colonies stops at Lisbon, wow. stops at the center. Yeah. Um, an area called um, nowadays it's called nowadays it used to be called it has the same name for hundreds of years. Terreiro do Passo. It's uh, an area. It's quite quite beautiful. Uh, it's near the um, it's by the river. It has a small port um, and it has these big buildings, big big ancient buildings that were the the old warehouses. Yeah, the uh, the board game I mentioned previously, Lisboa. One, I highly recommend it. It's a little bit complicated, but it's yeah. uh, it's got a beautiful <laughs> art style. Um, it took like four hours to play. Um, but when I told you I was playing a board game about rebuilding after the Lisbon earthquake, you were like, "No, no, no! We would never allow this here. This is a German board game nonsense. <laughs> this is still a very deep and painful subject for our people." Can you tell me more about the uh, modern political? Okay, so the, the the earthquake has a few funny stories. Uh, not not exactly funny, <laughs> but unless <laughs> if you have a dark sense of humor. So first of all, there's the earthquake. Building starts crumbling down, and the tigers recedes. Uh, the people are completely ignorant of this, so they think that well. And there's a fire starting in the in the city. One, no, lots of fires, uh, a, a bit everywhere. So people think we will take refuge in the in the river in the what was the river because now it's dry and we can be there and it, we won't get burned and we won't get with we won't get hit by by a building which makes sense but then there's the tsunami and everybody's in the place where the river was so they all get drowned oh no <laughs> yes the city the part the part of the city that is uh, still intact it's burning um being highly Catholic, most people decide that they go to the churches to have divine cover. One of the main churches, sure. <laughs> which is um, Convento do Carmo, it's a monastery. Then the Israeli uh, Air Force hit it. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's still intact. Well, the walls are intact. The ceiling collapsed and it collapsed on top of everybody. Oh, okay. Another <laughs> yeah, another major uh, church, I think is the one in uh, Estrela, which is a neighborhood. It's start in English. It also collapses with everybody inside dying. But in the middle of the fire, in the middle of the, all this, there's a whorehouse that stays intact and unsketched <laughs> with everybody inside <laughs> perfectly safe good. Good for them. all yeah. the people who go to church die all the people who go to the whorehouse live and the people whoring yeah. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, this, this, this makes a huge impact in the in the in the Lisbon area population because well god <laughs> this kind of god business perhaps <laughs> we're seeing it all wrong Wow. And but this is the capital of the empire. This is where all the money is, and it's all gone in flames. And we have to rebuild it. Um, the king uh, has some palace in, in what is now the outskirts. Then it would be uh, a completely different city, like some forty kilometers away, in Mafra, for instance. Um, and so they aren't sketched, but. This ruins a bit the, the the economy of the country because it, it will it all went up in flames. We are still paying debts to to the British because they helped us. Um, and yeah, it's is this it's, where you would say that 
Portugal became like a terminal decline? After the loss of Brazil, yes. That there's no way we can we can recover from that. But that happens because we are invaded by Juno and Napoleon. Okay, Napoleon sends his his um, general okay. Juno to invade the peninsula. We decide to stay. We decide. <laughs> <laughs> like we had a saying on that. <laughs> Most of yeah. the Portuguese elites are uh, pro-Republican and are pro-French. Um, really? The nobility, yeah. yeah. The, there are several writers and painters, they are all pro-French. They are all like, yay, we're going to have freedom! Good. And no. <laughs> is, in this, uh, in this, in this uh, kind of period in Portugal, is the, the landed nobility, a, sorry, the this kind of like... Uh, Richer, like capitalist class, are they kind of like much larger than the land nobility at this point because of uh, because of the colonies? Depend- yes, in, in in real in real numbers they are, but they they are heavily concentrated uh, around Lisbon and mm-hmm. Port- Portugal. Will be to the to the early twentieth century, middle twentieth century. It will be mainly a tale of two cities, Porto and Lisboa. The rest exists, but okay, um, that's where. Everything is from the financial to the intellectual to the military leadership and um, elite. That's where they all are. They can go study to another city, one of the oldest cities that is Coimbra, that has a university and it has like this fetishistic tradition um, to to people that hates the city of the students or whatnot. But that's it. The city lives around the university and that's basically it. People will stay either working in the university in Coimbra or they will go to one of the two big cities to work. Um, okay. So, so it, this is it. Oh, wow. Yeah, Portugal, like this, these really seem like very catastrophic setbacks that Portugal has experienced. Self inflicted on the part of killing every single one of your nobility. <laughs> but the earthquake one, you didn't really stand in yeah, chance there. Nobody had that tech. Yeah. Um, Nobody had any it's idea. It's not like the levees were underfunded. You just didn't know. No, they yeah. they had the tech. the The whorehouse wall, the ceiling didn't come down. They just needed to build more. <laughs> no, whorehouse they were just trying to Try to so, imagine, like instead of the the Vesuvius being in Napoli, uh, like in the height of the or in the height or in some point of the Roman Empire, Rome would be destroyed by a volcano. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would impact the Roman Empire, yeah. you know. It, yeah. And it's the same thing, like the capital city where everything, where all the elites are, where all the money is, it just goes up in flames. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Rome exploding is a good comparison yeah. to that. That would really fuck things up. So, okay. So Brazil, okay, it's been lost. And you've mm-hmm. described this to me in the past as this is when Portugal discovers its other colonies after yeah. after Brazil okay. is so, lost. Yeah. And I think so, this takes us very nicely into Che Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the French come, the, the king flees to Brazil. Uh, the son of the king that is born in Brazil decides that, well, we are going to be an independent kingdom. Fuck you. And he wins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like one minute. Uh, and Portugal uh, recovers the independence after the the defeat of the, the Napoleonic armies. So we have to do something. We don't have the rich colonies, but we still have colonies in Africa, mostly uh, Angola, Mozambique, uh, which are the big ones and the ones where 
there's more money. Then there's Cape Verde. There's St. Prince and Thomas. There's um, Guinea, Macau, and Goa, the Mão, and Diu, the three cities in, in India. That are not that important at this point. So all money goes to Angola and Mozambique. But there is nothing there. <laughs> okay? We have, like, the capital cities at this point, um, which will be uh, Maputo and uh, Luanda. Um, and you have to build all the rest. And these are vast, huge countries, and we don't have that much of the population, and losing Brazil with all this that surplus population that we could send anywhere in the world, we cannot. We don't have. I had not considered that aspect. Yeah, I assume, I, I assume Brazil provided a lot of colonial troops, especially yeah. considering they'd be at least experienced with the diseases that they would find in the tropics. Yeah. they were accustomed. They oh. they could go well, they could go anywhere because the boats that would come to Lisbon would go to to São Paulo or to whatever, <laughs> Bahia, any point in Brazil, so they could get the boats and go uh, and be coloni colonizers somewhere else. Um, and all of a sudden, all this manpower, we don't have it. We, we just don't have it. Yeah, you got me feeling bad for Portugal. I don't, don't feel too bad. <laughs> I don't feel too bad, but I feel a little bit yeah. bad, which is yeah. alarming. I would, did not expect to feel bad. <laughs> it's, it's just the thing. We're... we're we were good at war. We were really, really good, particularly at naval war. Nobody could just beat us. It's like the the, um, the invincible armada that has sent the Spanish sent to to Britain. If it wasn't for that fucking storm, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh, things would be slightly different. Slightly, <laughs> you know. It's just we were much, much better than them. Um, and we had the advantage in numbers and everything, but it's it's just it's history. All empires crumble. So we start doing this, and the idea, the great Portuguese idea, is that we are going to unite Angola and Mozambique in one big land corridor, instead of existing things like oh my God. Uh, <laughs> wow, Zambia, Malawi, uh, Zimbabwe. We decided that that was all going to be Portuguese. And when the scrambling for Africa happens, we present this and it's colored in pink because that was the color that we had. So it's the woke. pink map. <laughs> yeah, it's really woke. <laughs> the British decide that they are anti-woke. So <laughs> now we need to build a train station from Johannesburg to, to Kenya. And screw you guys, that's all ours. And wow. uh, yeah, they're our friends and allies, remember. <laughs> yeah. Wow, they did fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> they fucked us a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, this makes a huge commotion. All that um, intellectual elite that was pro-French and got silenced a bit after the, the defeat of, of Napoleon, they all come back and they come back with a vengeance. They're all fuck the British. We if we if we need to, we will go to war with the British. Oh. We make our him. We we kill our king. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, like JFK, but in chariots. Whoa. <laughs> the guy goes. The guy goes in that uh, plaza that I told you, Terre de Paz. Uh -huh. Is doing some weird visit, some, something official, 
and it, it, it's the king, the queen, and the princess, and the guys from the Republicans, the the, the Carbonaria, which was a kind of Freemason thing. Oh. Um, they have like, um, I think that the best guess is like from around seven to nine people stationed around the square to kill him, but only two intervene, uh, Buisa and Rosas. Um, and it's not it's not necessary for anybody else to, to intervene because they are able to get really close to the to the chariot and it's an open chariot and they just shoot the two guys like one has a, a kind of a shotgun um, and wow. just blasts it in the chest I think it's of the king the other has a, a pistol and just shoots in the air and the king you know and they are dead and wow that's politics that's yeah, good. politics. Good for them. That's good politics. Yeah. Our our national hymn, it was supposed to have a line that would say, against the Brits, let's march, let's march. <laughs> we are that <laughs> pissed. <laughs> okay. That's like the fucking Houthi anthem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we could be the Houthis. And you are the Houthis. <laughs> You're like evil Houthis. Yes, yes. We are the dark side. <laughs> yeah, you're the other side of the fucking map. You're you're yeah. right there. You're at the other trip point. You are the evil loopies. We are. Except we are. you just let anybody through. No, no, no moral qualms. You just let anybody through. <laughs> that was, at first we were just, hey, there's a boat, okay. It's just have fish, no worries. We will pillage it. <laughs> Let's kill those guys. Yeah. They're just fishermen. Who cares? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, okay. And so, and so the Republicans... Uh, win mm-hmm. and they they take over the country the line in the in the national anthem go, uh, is changed to against cannons let's march let's march or towards cannons that's that's a better translation mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit suicidal but yeah yeah I was thinking it's Portuguese yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's us you know Very. it's us <laughs> uh, and um we decide that uh, one of the, the the contention points is that we need to get rid of our alliance with the British. Uh, Portugal. Oh, uh, starts... I'm sorry. This is, this is about 1908, correct? That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Up until 1933, Portugal will be like in a kind of weird civil war. It's weird because we're always fighting against each other. The the more uh, Republicans and um, the anarchists, we have huge anarchist unions, and they are always blowing things up, assassinating people. Um, it's much more of a dirty war than like the yeah, Spanish yeah. experience, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And because you don't need to take all over the the whole country, you take Lisbon, and that's it. You have power. <laughs> you know, you're you're the government. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's a bit the thing. Um. Then there's World War One. Uh, at first, uh, the government doesn't want to participate, but then there's a, um, a conservative. Um, it's not just the conservatives. It's generalistic that people want to go to war to try to increase the, the empire again. Uh, the conservatives form a government um, under the dictatorship of Sidonio Pais, or like first dictator. There's one previous, but the guy lasts like just a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we enter the war. We entered the war on the Allies' side. Okay, good. I was wondering. Thank you. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> this time we're on the Allies. <laughs> there weren't that many pro-Germans at that point, point. Right. <laughs> and we're like, um, 
we we fight on the side that wins and we lose territory at the end. We have to cede territory to to the British, you know. God damn it. <laughs> God British damn it. greatest allies. Yeah, our greatest allies and friends. That's so cocked. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. Yeah. It, it was really, really bad. They didn't want us. They at first they just they tell the Portuguese, no, just fight in Africa against the the Germans because one of the colonies, Angola, is, was close to Namibia and Namibia oh, was yeah. German, for instance. So just fight them in Africa. Don't don't come to Europe. And but we just like a question of national pride. No, no, no. We have to go to Europe. And did you guys to... win in Angola, Namibia? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that uh, aspect of World War One, like the African campaigns, that's something I would definitely like to look Yeah, about. I don't know much about them also, but I know that we won. At first, they, they are able to penetrate, and but then the Portuguese just make a few friends with the, some of the, the local uh, ethnic groups. And we just... Because, well, we were bad, but the Germans... I know that slightly. in the interwar period, Angola um, and Guinea, Guinea-Bissau and stuff, they... they a lot of the wood that the Germans like for their like cigar boxes, uh, that became like a major industry. Yeah, but it's it's later. So, end of World War One, we lost. We are resented. Um, in 1933, uh, the Estado Novo dictatorship starts. Um, this guy, um, Antonio Salazar, uh, he has is like all right wing rulers. Uh, I don't like him, but he has two things. <laughs> First thing, and that he promised and he delivers, is that we will stop this kind of dirty war, this constant dirty war, and he absolutely crushes the anarchist unions that are the main drive of many of these fights, um, giving room for the communists to to start having um, their own unions and their own. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because they didn't have. It was the anarchists. The anarchists were brutal. They they were able to kill the sub-chief of the secret police in Lisbon. Wow. The guy had a small accident, you know, he goes on, on night by car to his home from, <laughs> and he just goes against an explosive, you know. It can wow. happen to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> you know, it's an accident. Uh, and they, they are they are really, really able. Um, they almost killed Salazar uh, in 37, if I'm not mistaken. But the bomb, like the Thatcher thingy, the, the bomb is placed with the blast going opposite in the direction of where Salazar is. Oh, no. So the guy just gets pushed across the street and he okay. doesn't die. Uh, I think now would be a good time to explain to our listeners and also maybe <laughs> some nice hosts who, who Salazar is. He lived for like a thousand years. <laughs> Well, he, he seems to define an entire era of Portuguese history. Yeah. Can you can you tell me about him? The guy is uh, from the interior, from the the Baidish, from the center of the of the country. Is uh, that a from, hick? Are they like yeah. hillbillies? Okay. Yeah, 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 kind of. But he's from the the land nobility, not big land nobility. But his parents have at least they have enough money to send him to to university. And at this time. This is like real elite stuff. The common guy with, a, I don't know, a, a, not a cafe, because at the time there were not no cafes. There were... Um, the the, I, I'm just remembering the, the, uh, the, the name in Spanish and not in Portuguese. <laughs> the a tavern. A tavern, exactly. A tavern. <laughs> um, 
you, you couldn't send your kids to to university. You, you couldn't. You, there was you no way. Me, like one thing that has really surprised me, besides how poorly the British treated you, is yeah. um, like how little of the Portuguese colonial profits were like reinvested back into, uh, I don't know, the development of Portugal. Like it, it became it rich in like a very early period. Like, a, like I would say pre-capitalist, like they were part of the thing that created capitalism, mm -hmm. like their exploits, uh, but they never really developed their society into like a uh, educated, specialized capitalist workforce. No. You yeah. know, like no. no education. Like you told me that your grandmother like like many in her generation learned to read as an adult. No, my grandmother never learned how to read. <laughs> oh, really? No, both my grandparents. They wow. they didn't they were completely illiterate. They know they knew mathematics, uh, mostly my grandpa. Wow. But he did all his calculus um just not not on paper, okay? He he, he recognized the numbers. You would see the numbers and recognize them. You would have difficulty just putting them in paper, like, uh, I don't know, 3,000. <laughs> it would be difficult for him to do wow. all his calculus by by memory. By And this was not unusual. No. My mother, my actual mother, has the fourth grade. And wow. that was common. My father was a bit of an elitist, and he had the sixth grade. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, he was like, woo, posh kid. <laughs> 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 Uh, it's really that's just shocking to me like the lack of it development is. in Portugal like I don't know like my grandparents and like like Palestine you know like they they got a better education than that like just frankly it's surprising like either even under like the late Ottoman period and stuff like it's they like, had a higher higher developed education so it's shocking it's like in, at the at the end when the the um, when the dictatorship ends, it's like something like forty percent of the country is illiterate, and the other, the other sixty percent, like I don't know, three quarters of it just have the fourth grade. And if if they are lucky, if they are lucky, because yeah. they could have just went in the first two or three years, and then the parents just said, "No, you have to go to work." Well, I think like since it was people were only going to the fourth grade, I bet like second, third, and fourth were like really intense. Like that's what we would call college in the U.S. You know, like they really got a lot in in those three years. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they had to memorize all the rivers, all the railways, and all the mountains, and but no, no notion of geography. You uh, know? Me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, I went through the the science branch uh, to high school. Then I went to to college, so I have a, a slight idea of this and how how I don't know how, how mountains are formed, how earthquakes. None of them has that. None of my uncles has that. They have, wow. they have no idea. They will say, "I," but I know the name of that uh, mountain. In Guarda or in Viseu, and I'm like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> You're gonna make me cry. This is the level of poverty that is like incredibly distressing. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, we are really important. Okay. Sorry, I've point. distracted you. Who the no, fuck no is problem. Salazar? What What does okay. he do? Why is he so? Why is he there for so long? You've described him as the most boring man on earth, but somehow everybody's okay with him being in charge for seventy years. Everybody's okay with that. Everybody's everybody's okay with him being so fucking boring. He has the ability, so first to crush the the unions, and second to unite the right from the monarchists 
to the almost to the Nazis. Okay, we have like a small Nazi cult uh, under one guy that's named Rolon Preto uh, that makes the blue shirts, kind of like oh. the DSA. Okay, ah, beating up people, yeah, the skinheads uh, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and he unites all these groups under his leadership. Rolon Preto will try to. <laughs> like Rudolf S. <laughs> we'll try to say to him, like, hey, you know, you're only on your place because of us. And he's like, yeah, 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 you're under arrest. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so sorry about that. And all the guys from the, the blue shirts start, uh, are they are placed either in the political police, in the regular police, or they start one thing called the Legion. That is like the um, a paramilitary group to protect the the dictatorship it's not how did they uh how did they come to power they come to power uh so the conservatives are in power through elections and uh they decide the guy is the finance minister he's very well placed and very well connected he has salazar he made friends with all the catholic elites in coimbra in the university he's private to all of them and the higher-ups, the bishops, the archbishops, they are all uh, very friendly and really, really, really close to each other. Um, one of the guys, Sergeira, uh, even gives him uh, a handmaid, you know, a handmaid, oh. a servant. He has the servant, that the woman that takes care of his house. Oh. And he's like, well, you're going to Lisbon, why don't you take Maria? Because she's called Maria. Um, and she's yours. Take her. Wow. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can dispose it's this level of despotism that these people have and he can unite them all he, he doesn't have any eagerness to show up to the pop to the population he, he is not a very charismatic leader he has this whiny voice man so annoying the guy I, I, I try to listen speeches from him and it's just so <laughs> You know, the guy makes like three or four public uh, appearances, like big ones, uh, during all his dictatorship. Really? Wow. Yeah. He's, he he gloats, he gloats uh, Mussolini. He says like, ah, that guy, that fucking Italian, always needing the, to hear the people clapping. I don't need the people <laughs> clapping. I don't care. The people no, need to obey. <laughs> you they know? did. Yeah, and they did. And he brings some stability to the country, to to the European Portugal, to what exactly, or to what really is Portugal. And people are appreciative of that for quite a long time because it, it was really bad. I'm, I, I came from the, the, the anarchist tradition, but I, I can understand that for people that are not like me, okay, come on, you have, this one day we have three governments because there are three coups in the same day. Oh no, <laughs> okay. yes, come on. It's it's just it's too much. People are just they want to go along with their business and their daily routine and putting the kids to school or to work to get some more money. And there's always this commotion and bombs and whatever, you know. Yeah, there's one just city and they keep fighting over it. It's hard to get yeah. to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's it. But then the guy just he stabilizes more or less the economy, um, but. It takes him like 30 years, no, uh, 20. Because there's that event, Second World War, uh, Portugal is neutral and it decides to sell 
everything. And when I mean everything, remember the tuna that I told you? Yeah. There, are lots, there were lots of tuna factories in, in the South. All, all of them, this was one of the staples. This was one of the staple foods for, for people in Portugal. You'd buy canned tuna and you would eat some fish, wow. some calories in that. Okay. Not during World War II because we have to sell that to the British and to the Germans. So, so all production. Put potato famine on yourself. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You have to sell everything, <laughs> all grain, all cereal, and bread is like our potato. Oh, <laughs> you know, we, just food. Uh, food yeah. is your potato. You just. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly it's bread. Bread, it's like you have to, it's our daily bread. It's, we have lots of expressions, we have lots of things. You have, for instance, the the, the British exp, uh, expression like the putting bacon on the table. For us, it's putting bread on the table. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, cool. It's bread. I remember that. People eat bread. That's it. And drink wine. <laughs> That's also. I didn't think you were much of a bread people. I associate oh, yeah. bread with like the Germans or something. Oh no 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 no! And ours is better. Good. Okay. <laughs> My nationalistic that. side. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's good. It's good. It's quite. It's quite good. Um, we have lots of varieties of it, and and wine. People yeah. are. Well, alcoholism is something that is rampant. People oh. this time. Oh just my so god! You have an idea. I, I, I bet just insane, right? Like <laughs> the breakfast, even for small children, it would be um like uh, um uh, a, a bunch of bread crumbs, okay, soaked in wine, with a bit no. of sugar. No, that's the what? breakfast of the what champion. Is that? yes. That's insane. It's called, <laughs> it's called um, tired horse tired horse soups. Super cavalcansad. <laughs> I would eat that, but like you know, I'm. But, but you're not that. five year old. <laughs> no, no, you go to three years of school and you're drunk the whole time. Yes, <laughs> yes, oh and you God. start drinking wine. Particularly the boys, they would start drinking wine almost as soon as they would <laughs> would be off milk. No, no. <laughs> so you're off breast good. milk. You have wine. <laughs> go, oh go God, in. That's not good for your society, dude. <laughs> they were better under the Moors. Has 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 life expectancy improved but since <laughs> the Moors left? <laughs> Have you beat that benchmark yet? That's like for me, and I, I'm biased. <laughs> I'm seriously biased on that, but that's like the peak of our history. I think of so. our I ancient history. I'm not gonna argue with you. Um, um, Alan Deluge was like the best thing we had. Yeah, we had you still, still haven't made windows <laughs> engineering, <nicer>. you know. <laughs> and then we just blew it all up because we like to fight everybody. Oh, actually, this okay. is a very good board game. I'd like to run, recommend to our listeners. Uh, it's great. You can, it's casual, but it's deep enough. It's called Azul. It's all about, I think it's technically set in Spain, but it's all about Morisco glass architecture. I highly recommend it. It's like a 15-minute game. Uh, but to continue, okay, so World War One ends. I know we want to get to World War II and the uh, colonial uh, revolutions, that kind of thing. How does the post-World War One reordering of the colonies affect Portugal? I, I don't believe they have any mandates or anything, but like South Africa well, goes through a like a, a change up in sovereignty and that kind of thing. Nothing much happens. After World War II, um, we got a lot of money because we sold everything. Mm. So there's a... Um, a real development or an attempt to development. Um, I will. I will have to finish in a couple of minutes. Sorry. No, no, no problem. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Let Let me Let me just try to continue. Um, so we try to we sell everything and then we just there's money to invest and people go to Angola and to Mozambique 
to try to have a better life, and they have. Um, people get more education, better health in the colonies than in the mainland. Oh, no. Because that's one of the ways to attract people to go there. And there is a huge influence, particularly in Mozambique, from the British and the, the connection really? between Mozambique. Yeah, the connection between Mozambique and um, South Africa and Rhodesia. Uh, when when it it's like it's not like they are the same country, but it's really friendly and really neighborly. Close enough. And people. Yeah. The people that that came from from Mozambique after the independence, they felt more British than Portuguese. Uh, almost all of the, those that I met, they're all like, "No man, we 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 have we really don't have any connection." When wow. we arrived, we don't have that much connection with the people from here. They are too Catholic. They are too conservative. They are too weird for us. They are too backwater for us. And it's a fact that they are. Mostly right because they are they had better education. Most of the financial and banking system. Uh, you know what, Pedro? I think we're going to have to have you back on again because we have not gotten <laughs> to the post-colonial wars yes. and Che Guevara marching around destroying Portugal. Oh man, I can do five hours. Oh, I'm going to make <laughs> you. Don't worry. Um, but I think I I had a really good time today, like talking about just like thank you Portuguese history up into the point where I know stuff about it. I've, I've yeah. learned, I knew nothing. I knew about the Portuguese wars in Africa. That's it. I read a book on it recently. I mentioned it on every single episode of this podcast, I think. Um, the one Most book I history is in Portuguese, so it's not that accessible to, to yes. people from outside. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I'm I'm very much glad to have you. There's a lot of like little stories and like Stuff that really adds color to the times that doesn't yeah. really get translated. It's not like a big enough event. Like, you know, <laughs> some stories about an officer doing something weird. Or, yeah. or like these letters of people from like the uh, 15th century. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, we do have something for you to send our listeners to. Besides our lovely podcast, which you've already found here, West Bank Robbery. Yeah. Uh, my name is Bessam. You can also call me Free Palestine. Uh, this is Pedro Nemrod. Hi. So uh, um, no, no, you're saying also, bye in a second. Uh, you have a fantastic podcast uh, that, called Robespierre Love Too Much, exactly. or in Portuguese, uh, Robespierre Mood Mais. <laughs> we are. Uh, I'm at a, um, an alternative media group called um, Guillotina. So it's like Guillotine, but with an A at the end. Yeah, we're kind of. <laughs> it's a romance. Pro French Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> subtle. We, ha- we we give subtle hints. <laughs> Well, subtlety's dead. I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are like seriously, seriously left-leaning. Um, and our podcast, it's mostly about current affairs and we translate it to, to Portuguese and talk about it on, from a left-leaning perspective. And we have a really good series, but we only have like three or four episodes on the colonial wars. We have four uh Two hours episodes, and we have not even re- we haven't reached half of the Angolan Liberation War, but we will get there. No <laughs> we will get there eventually. Uh, we need to have you back on for the Angolan War as well because okay. it's the sickest war. Uh, the Cubans yeah. just chasing the South Africans along along with the Angolans. The Cubans, would, ah, you know, you I'm, to, I'm giving the Cubans work. much more credit than they would give themselves. I'm sure, um, but. 
really it really makes you weep like tears of joy like the first <laughs> half of the 20th century is so bad for angola and like the cubans in general and like Zaire. and then by the end of it they're kings dude they're fucking rolling tanks down yeah. to fucking johannesburg but i will be the party pooper <laughs> <laughs> and i'm much more a fan of the mozambican one because i'm a huge fan of samara samara Marshall is like is an amazing general and in Guinea, because the Portuguese start losing from day one. Yes. <laughs> and it's Guinea basically losing, really losing, losing. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. we got to we gotta get you back on. I can, I can, I can <laughs> okay. keep you all there. Um, all right, guys. This has been West Bank Robbery. This is Pedro Nemrod. Check out this podcast, the uh, RSS, and the links will be in the description here. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of West Bank Robbery. My name is Basim. Uh, wait, how do we end this? Oh, yeah. Free Palestine. Fuck the police. Fuck That's the police. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs>